If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I really do appreciate that. I hope that you are safe and healthy, and everyone in your world is safe and healthy as well. What I'm doing today is, okay, so like I've been working with this company called Mightier for years. Uh, We've used it in my house for almost three years now. It's a biofeedback video game platform that helps kids learn to self-regulate. It's absolutely amazing. I talk about it all the time, so it shouldn't be anything that's new to most people who are familiar with my work, but I get a lot of questions. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was bring on a parent who has been using Mightier for an extended period of time and kind of learn about what their experience has been and kind of learn about their lives a little bit and just how they're using Mightier and, and how it has helped or impacted their daily lives. Then I want to have somebody come on from Mightier to kind of talk about the science behind it and and kind of why it works and what their philosophy is and stuff like that. So we're going to do this in two parts today. My first guest is Angela Goetz, and she's a mom of two autistic kids, and they've been using Mightier for a couple of years, and she's going to be here to kind of talk about her story. Towards the very end of the episode, we're going to hear from Jessica Reino, and she is the Associate Clinical Director at Mightier, and we'll have a conversation about the science behind it, why it works, kind of the impact it has on kids. And my goal is for this to be an educational experience because I get so many questions about this. It's really difficult for people to kind of wrap their heads around how video games can improve behavioral problems. How does that help kids to manage their emotions and reduce meltdowns and things like that? And so we're going to talk all about it so I can hopefully answer all your questions in one shot. And if you have any more, you can always uh, shoot me a message and I will uh, do my best to get that answer for you. This was recorded a couple months ago. So there's 
some time related things that might not make sense now, but that's what's going on. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Thanks. We're back. And today I have uh, Angela Goats. She's an autism mom and she's going to uh, talk to us about uh, a little bit about her journey and what life is like as a, as a mother to two autistic kids, right? Mm-hmm. Two autistic kids. Yeah. And, and and then a little bit later, we're going to bring Jessica Rhino in from Mightier. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about Mightier a, a little bit. Angela's going to talk about how she's used it with her family and I guess what your experience has been and, and how it works for you and your kids. And so thank you for taking the time. Well, thank both of you for taking the time to come on the show. Angela, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Rob. My name is Angela. I've got two boys, a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old, and they are both autistic. They are both autistic in very different ways, though. They have very different needs and abilities. They're amazing kids, though, and it's been quite a journey with both of them to get to where we are now. And it's taken a long time (laughs) and a lot of help and support to get to where we are, but I feel like we're in a good place and, and they're just, they're amazing kids. How has life been with COVID and did you do remote learning or were you? Well, our big kid, he has actually been homeschooled for about four years now. Oh, all right. Um, he started in a, a small private school and we just, it just wasn't a good fit for him. And that was kind of struggling with first grade was what really got us to push more for looking um, into what's going on with him because we've known ever since he was an infant, basically that something was going on. And when he was really little, we knew it because of sensory issues. He refused to eat foods under a year old when he was older infant toddler. If we went to the playground, he'd spend the entire time on the playground picking off wood chips from the playground because he wouldn't play on a playground if there's a single wood chip on it. And he was the kind of baby we could put him on a blanket in the middle of the yard and he would never move because he did not want to touch that grass. And uh, he didn't have his first birthday smash cake until he was two. And even at that point, he wanted a fork to eat the cake with and he refused to touch it. So we've known there was something going on ever since he was an infant. And You know, we pushed with his pediatrician, but they just kept saying, he'll grow out of it. He'll grow out of it. And we kept trying to insist, you know, this is, (laughs) this isn't something he's going to grow out of. This is a little more extreme than that. And it wasn't until he was in kindergarten when he felt mortally threatened by some droplets of water from a classmate. And it was a fight or flight reaction. And he punched that child in the nose. The child had raised his hands up to like shake his hands off to dry them. And just that action of that child raising wet hands, he knew what was going to happen and big kid just reacted. And then he promptly ran out of the bathroom crying and went to the teacher and told her what happened because he was just horrified over what had happened. And that's what first got us to OT, <laughs> occupational therapy. And in first grade, then a lot of the executive functioning issues started popping up. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle all the expectations on him. And we pulled him out to homeschool him. So COVID hasn't really had too dramatic of an effect with him. Although, you know, we had been used to going to a gym class each week with other homeschoolers and doing field trips and going to plays and things like that. So it did remove those things. 
but school hasn't dramatically changed for him. Little kid, on the other hand, it has been a struggle because he he passionately hates Zoom. Um, <laughs> he just does not want to do it at all. Um, when we started last spring with things on Zoom, we were lucky if we could get him the last five minutes before he would go running out of the room. At this point now, we've gotten him up to where he can be on Zoom for 30 minutes a day. One Zoom for up to 30 minutes. Not always 30, but it's it's taken us a year to get to this point. So trying to do distance learning has definitely been a struggle with a child who does not want to be on the computer. Um, so we've had to do a lot of modifications just on our own. We had to have the IEP looked at again in the fall. And that took several months and we had to go through conciliation for that. So school has been a bit of a struggle, but little kid just went back to school for the first time in over a year yesterday. Oh, so he no is on day two now. We are thrilled. <laughs> My Emmett just went back for the first time after a year yesterday. And today was his second day. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's fourth quarter. So yeah. Yeah. Well, they had, they have, in Ohio, they mandated state testing this year, even with everything that's going on, which is stupid. But yeah, uh, they're mandating the kids have to be in the classroom, even though the school has been it's been remote learning. You have to go into the school in order to do the state testing. Uh, mm. So he did that yesterday, and then we just decided they they do they do pretty well with precautions and stuff at the school. Like they each have like their little glass kind of cubicle around their desk, and everybody's required to wear masks, and and the density has been significantly reduced. I'm due for my second COVID shot this week and my oldest is already vaccinated. So I, I feel like the boost to his emotional health from the last month or so of school, maybe trying to balance something in person is going to be a, mm -hmm. a good thing for him, but it is definitely a change and the remote learning is not, I don't think it's very autism friendly and uh, no. it, there's, yeah, there's, they don't like Zoom, but they, oh yeah, they don't like Zoom. <laughs> they don't. And our our youngest, he really thrives on structure and routine. And the last year has been really, really difficult because every few weeks things are changing. Mm -hmm. um, because that went back to last spring, where the first two weeks of school it was paper that they sent home. Yep. And then the next two weeks, it was using Seesaw. And then two weeks later, they started introducing Zoom. And in this fall, this fall, the same kind of thing happened because there was a little bit of bouncing back and forth between hybrid and distance learning only. We had elected to do distance learning all year you know, even if they bounced back and forth between hybrid or not, because hybrid, it's two days a week in person, one day a week that's just on the computer. And then, or no, I'm sorry, one day a week that's specials, just for specials, music, art, gym class, and then two days a week where you're doing work independently on the computer. And first grade, that's just, I mean, it's three different types of schedules each week. It just wasn't enough routine and consistency for him. So that's where we had to do a lot of the adaptations on our own. And we were fortunate that we had a teacher that was willing to be really flexible with us, but she could see that we were doing as much as he needed to. And then some, we were able to get a lot more done than if you were to just do everything on the computer. How old are your kids? 
10 and 7. 10 and 7, okay. 10 and 7 in their fifth grade and first grade. Okay. Did you notice increased like anxiety and kind of like behavioral challenges as a result of all of the the changes? Well, maybe not for your oldest so much because he was yeah used to being home. But if his brother's home and he's not used to having his brother home, then I, I, I didn't know like, because that's yeah. what it was like for us. Everything was thrown out of whack. Yeah, it definitely changed the dynamics of things. It made homeschooling the older kid a lot more difficult because he's in a higher grade. So the expectations for his grade level are definitely higher than first grade. And so trying to do school with both of them home and do school with both of them during the day was a challenge. Um, and then definitely those dynamics because there was a lot of kind of jealousy or when, you know, because obviously a first grader doesn't need to be doing school at home for as many hours as a fifth grader does. And so then there was this, well, he's playing or is he going to start touching my stuff because he's doing something else. And then when the little one had to start working on his schoolwork, it was intense anxiety for him because he was afraid he was going to miss out on something. He was afraid his brother was going to touch his things. And both of them, the oldest one, part of his autistic profile is he really is very particular and he likes to have things a certain way. And that also includes playing with other children. He likes to kind of dictate the roles. Okay. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing this. Here's what I'm doing. This is the way we're going to play. Sometimes he would even, you know, some, a lot of times he even gets kids scripts. So this is what you're going to say now. No, I'm going to say this and little brother really doesn't like that. (laughs) He likes to have his own opinion and he will let everyone know that. We make a joke that our whole neighborhood knows when the boys are playing because the little one will just start screaming, no. So it's, it's been a challenge because they're the only kids that each other can play with. So they're kind of forced to play with each other if they want to play. So that's, that's definitely been a big struggle. And for the little one too, he thrives on being outdoors and having a lot of physical activity. Mm-hmm. Our older one is our intellectual kid and he'd be perfectly content just sitting and reading all day, just about. Um, but our little one, he needs to be outside and active and moving. And so, especially early on in the pandemic, when, you know, no one was really going to playgrounds or things like that either. And, in the winters, then when there's just not as much availability because everything's indoors, that's been a bigger struggle with him is that not being able to get as much physical activity as he requires to regulate himself. I can relate to like 90% of that. <laughs> when my kids, when the schools were shut down, I'm in Ohio. So when the schools were shut down like March of last year, uh, they did that same, like they sent papers home and then we would have to drop them off once a week and go back and forth. And that was a nightmare. Yeah. And then it became some hybrid model, which was a bigger nightmare. And then it became remote learning. The most difficult part was like, it's very tough to replicate the routine and structure of the school in the mm-hmm. home without disrupting the home routine. And so we lost the school routine and the home routine and had to create a whole new kind of like hybrid version of school at home while dad's working. Yeah. And it's, you know, well into a year into it. And I, I don't have, I don't have it down yet. It's, it's still, (laughs) it's still a struggle. I know we only have end of May, I think is when we're done, but, uh, have you, well, we mentioned about mightier. Have Mm -hmm. you 
well, I guess, can you, can you tell me a little bit about your experience uh, with my dear? How have you sure. utilized it? Has it been helpful during this sort of crazy year? Yeah. So just to give a little background too. So we've been with my dear for about two years now. My dear has been on my radar for two and a half to three years, probably. And, you know, I had seen some ads for it and I was definitely intrigued, but you know, at that point it was a financial thing too. It was, do I want to invest this much right now when I don't really know how effective this is going to be for my child? And so for me, that kind of relegated it to the back burner and like, if I really have to, and our youngest, I think he hadn't gotten his diagnosis yet. There was a lot of behavioral problems and we had a lot of struggles with him, especially when he was um, really little from about the ages of two to five, it was really, really rough. You know, we started just doing anything and everything humanly possible to try to address some of these behaviors, because there is a lot of aggressive behaviors and disruptive behaviors. So this wasn't like personal preference. This is just annoying me. There were gender and safety concerns with some of these outbursts. And so we finally got to the point where we were trying anything and everything. And honestly, at that point, my dear was kind of one of our last resorts before we went to medication, because we were really trying to hold off on medication as much as possible because we really didn't like the idea of medicating a child that young. What I usually like to say is I really kind of regret holding off on my dear for as long as we did waiting until the very end, because it has been a hundred percent worth the investment. It's made a huge difference, especially for the little guy. So we are not a high screen time family. Mm-hmm. We usually reserve now that both kids are in school too. We reserve TV watching for the weekends only. So we don't do screen time during the week. If they earn video game time, that's also on the weekends. So we're not a big screen time family to begin with. So my dear was a pretty novel thing for them that, Hey, we're letting them play video game multiple times a week. So they bought into Um, it pretty quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. They thought it was amazing (laughs) because we don't do that kind of thing. And uh, one of the first games that's on there is a game with a kitty kitty in the box and our little guy he relates a lot better to animals than he does to humans he his dream is to live on a cat farm one day where there's nothing but vegetables and cats just tons of cats (laughs) he truly loves animals and he he becomes a different child when he's around animals so animals is a big way to reach him so when there's a game where there's a kitty that you have to help jump into boxes and we have two cats and we know how much cats love jumping into boxes so and then you get to dress the kitty up and things like that i mean that was instant buy-in from him right there um (laughs) and so we introduced it to them as just hey there's these fun games to play we didn't when we first introduced it we didn't really talk about hey, this is going to help you learn emotional regulation and things like that. We just made it be something for fun. Um, And that's kind of how we were coached at that point, too, is, you know, the first couple of weeks, especially are just play for fun, experiment with the system, see how the games work, you know, kind of get hooked into it. Let the kids just play and have fun and enjoy it. And then after that point, is the, is the process of trying to start utilizing those skills 
more talking about the skills and eventually trying to utilize them outside of the game as well. Early on, mom and dad also started playing. And I highly recommend to any parent who gets mightier. Honestly, I tell people the parent should be the first one to play it. Play it before you even give it to your child. Because in that way, when you give it to the child, if they have questions, if they have problems, you know what you're doing. You've already used it. So you can answer those questions and help them to eliminate some of those frustrations early on. But what I found when I play is I found that it's actually helped me immensely. Even as an adult, I really noticed that kind of my baseline heart rate and my baseline stress levels have really come down since using Mightier, just me, myself. And it's helped me have more patience because rather than kind of always operating at a little bit of a higher level, making it a lot easier to tip over into frustration, you know, it keeps me at a really low level. So those little things won't tip me over into frustration as easily. So I've actually found an immense benefit to mightier myself as a parent. And I think that's helped me through this pandemic as well, because there's times where I'll just, I'll go sit in the corner of the room with Mightier and I just, I have my games. I like my Brick Breaker and my Mini Metro (laughs) and I will just sit there and just kind of zone out. And my goal while I'm playing is to never get in the red. That's always my goal. That's how I play it. I I don't tap on the widget when it gets into the red. I play to never get in the red. So I have to work to control my heart rate throughout the entire game and to control my emotions as I'm playing and kind of maintain, it's almost like a meditative state, Mm -hmm. but for people who maybe they have ADHD or maybe they just can't handle sitting quietly, mightier is kind of almost a great way to get yourself into a meditative state. So it's, it's helped me immensely. And the boys, we had a point in time, we've been using it for about two years, but we had a point for about three months, I think where the boys really didn't use it very much because there was a glitch in the system and they lost some of their, they lost their progress and it just kind of tore them apart inside, <laughs> you know? So they stopped playing for a while and we started noticing behaviors starting to come back. To be fair, we also weren't talking about some of those mightier things or talking about some of those skills they had learned in mightier and encouraging them to continue using them. So that's also partly us, <laughs> but you know, the behaviors got to a point where like, okay, we're going to start using it again. But I kind of tricked them into it where I started modeling it or I started playing or I played brick baker and be like, Oh my gosh, look at my score. I wonder if you boys can beat that. Do either one of you think you could beat that? And then it became a competition. So obviously they bought right in because, you know, most kids just love competition. They love to try to beat mom and dad at things. If they can prove they're better than mom or dad at something, man, that's a great way to rope a kid into something. (laughs) So I was able to get them kind of roped back into it and they just took off running with it. And we noticed that their ability to regulate improved significantly once we started using it again regularly. Now with the pandemic, it's just part of our routine and we do incentivize it. If they want video game time on the weekends, they have to do Mightier at least three times during the weekdays. 
They can do Mightier every day so they can play it on the weekends as well. But they have to play it at least three times if they want to redeem video game time that weekend. Do you set a time limit for them or? We do. We set we do set a time limit. We usually do about 20 minutes, 20 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. And we make sure they do it at least three times a week. And we found that just works really well for us. I know some parents build it into their schedule. There's a lot of homeschooling parents, too, and they just make it part of their school schedule that they have mightier time. That's um, a good idea. You know, certain times of day or some people, it'll be that's what kids do right after school. We've thought about now that little guy is back in school because I'm sure all parents know, especially when kids just go back to school, which is usually in the fall. But that whole first week, especially, is usually really, really tough on kids. It's long days. There's a lot of expectations on them in school. They have to keep it together all day. So then when mom or dad pick them up or whoever's picking them up, a lot of times they start kind of falling apart. <laughs> and that first week, there can be a lot of a lot of struggles, a lot of meltdowns, a lot of frustration, a lot of exhaustion, just because there's so much new stuff going on. Yep. And so we've also talked about bringing my ear because you don't have to be connected to Wi-Fi to use my ear. So we talked about bringing my ear with when we go pick him up from school. And that way, the 15 minute drive home, he can just zone out and do my ear and good, help him kind of get to a better spot of regulation before we get home. So it almost helps him transition from one to the other. Yep. Like right. a transitional activity. So there's lots of ways to build it into the routine. We've also used it a lot with doctor's appointments because I'm sure as anyone with a child on the spectrum or any kind of medical condition knows so many doctor's appointments, you go in for all this testing and then you have to meet with the doctor. You have to wait an hour before you see the doctor and then meet with them. And sometimes it can, I remember we went to see the geneticist at one point and he had to come with, the little guy had to come with. And I think he was only four or five years old at the time. And he had to come with because they had to check certain things, but then it was going to be just a lot of talking <laughs> with the parent. And so we actually brought Mightier with so that he had something to do while he was bored out of his mind while mom is just talking to the doctor. And it was, it was great. He did such a great job. He stayed calm the whole time. And the geneticist thought it was amazing, too, because they got to see the system. The geneticist just sat and watched for a few minutes because they thought it was great. And seeing him just stop and start taking deep breaths um, when he was getting frustrated and the fact that he never got really angry, he never threw the tablet, you know, he never was smashing on it or anything like that, that he knew to just stop and take deep breaths and just calm down. It's it's just a really great tool. And we've been able to use it in a lot of ways. And I know, I don't know if the recommendation is still six years and up with Mightier, but I know it was when we first signed up for it, you know, he was, he was close to the age. And again, we were just kind of at that point of desperation where we were trying anything and everything. And so we took a chance with it. And with a kid who doesn't know how to read, they might need a little support at the beginning, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of games that don't require any reading. And even if there is reading on the screen, it doesn't always make a difference for the game itself. So it was it was pretty easy for him to use. And he picks up on those things pretty quickly. Honestly, our older child at that point, who was eight and a half, <laughs> struggled a little bit more because he's not as things aren't as intuitive 
for him. So trying to utilize technology in that way, he just didn't pick it up as quickly, even though he could read. But the little guy, he he just took off with it and he did a great job. So I think even for kids that can't read, it can be an amazing tool and and a really great thing for a family to use. And we had gotten it for the little guy. We got it primarily because of his outbursts and the extreme aggression and anger and things like that. Our big kid um, didn't struggle with anger and aggression at all. He is more weepy. He gets really emotional and he gets weepy and everything seems like a bigger problem than it is for him. And he'll just break down crying. So instead of getting angry, he'll just break down crying. So they really are kind of polar opposites, but yet we've found a lot of success with Mightier for both of them. In different ways. Yep. So even though they have very different expressions of their dysregulation, it's worked for both of them. That's cool. My youngest is the one who started using Mitre about, I don't know, it's about three years ago now. He's 12, almost 13. So he's about nine going on 10 at the time. He was, well, he still is very impulsive and mm. kind of, we, well, we had a lot of meltdowns. We had a lot of meltdowns. Uh, a lot of them were sensory related. And so there was, it's very difficult to sort of navigate that because everything was upsetting to him. We had spent, I don't know, years in therapy trying to teach like coping skills and, you know, take deep breaths, all, all the same stuff. A lot of the same stuff that you actually mm-hmm. might or teach you while you're playing a game. And when he started using it, it took about a week. And then it's like all of a sudden it just sort of connected the dots for him. And he started using all of the skills that he was learning in Mightier because a lot of them overlapped with what he was learning in therapy anyways. And, mm-hmm. and he just started recognizing how to use them after we tried for a very, very long time, lots of frustration and tears spent on trying to help him do that on his own and mightier just, it sort of like bridged that gap for him and it helped him to connect the dots and then the gears just engaged. And from that point, it was a couple weeks into it. I remember he was getting into it with his brother and rather than just like kind of go off, I watched him stop and he took a deep breath and I've never seen him do that before. Like in real life, I've seen him do it in a game, but I didn't see him do it in real life. And that was like one of the coolest parenting moments I've had because that was, that was like a monumental change in his life. That was, that was a total paradigm shift. And he went from his emotions controlling him to he began controlling them. That was really cool. And he used it for the better part of two years. And and then we started again during COVID because of just the anxiety and the stress and everything else. And he's, he sort of backed off of using it now. We'll bring it out every once in a while. It's kind of like a continuing education kind of thing, you know, like just mm-hmm. to kind of remind him and, and a refresher or whatever. But I'm going to start using it with my my 21 year old uh, who is transitioning to well, he's already an adult, but he's transitioning to uh, some kind of independent living at some point once we're out of the COVID stuff. You know, he he needs to manage his frustration. He gets very easily frustrated, and I think Mightier is going to be a very powerful tool that will help him to be able to, to regulate himself and recognize when he starts to get frustrated so that he can kind of diffuse before he reaches that threshold where he's, there's like no going back and he can use it on his phone now. So that's, that's been uh, a plus. He doesn't have to haul around the tablet cause he can just download the app on his phone. He feels pretty good doing that. But yeah, I, I can, I can relate to a lot of what you were saying. And, and yeah. And for a big kid too, one of the big things that he's learned is that he is capable 
of regulating himself. Mm-hmm. He is capable of calming himself down and using some of these skills because there's been a lot of times where he he has some fairly ineffective calming skills. Um, he says he likes to groan that helps him feel better. Or he says it helps him feel better when other people feel the same way he does. So if he's really frustrated, he wants other people to feel really frustrated. And he said that helps him feel better. So we have to kind of explain why that's not really the best coping mechanism there. That's not the best regulation method. And so we're able to use mightier or even just talk about mightier. And, you know, when he's saying, but there's no other way I can calm down. This is the only thing that works. We can say, but wait a minute, when you use mightier, you don't do any groaning. I see you take big breaths or I see you tracing the midline and you calm down really fast so you can get back to the game. Well, you know, that that's just mightier. That, it only works in mightier. That's just mightier. It only works there. And we're like, mm, how about we just try it? But he's finally kind of caught on with it. And it's helped teach him that, you know what? There are other ways to calm down. There are more effective ways. There's ways I can do this faster because he's done it. Right. And I think the big thing with mightier too is he's done it on his own. It's not mom or dad telling him you have to do this. It's very empowering. Yeah. It, it's very empowering because I noticed with Emmett, it was, he felt more in control of himself. You could see a look on it. You could see the look. Well, I could see the look on his face at the time. Rather than getting upset, he worked through it. And I guess like realizing that you have the power to do that and, and not mm-hmm. having to kind of succumb to the range of emotions that, that he may be dealing with, usually frustration. He felt really good about that. You know, not losing his temper, not lashing out at somebody or overreacting. And he was able to kind of, he, he kind of picks up on that stuff now and, and can calm himself or rem- even if he just removes himself from the situation. I mean, he never used to do that, right? It would just, it was like once mm-hmm. that ball started rolling, it was, it's going to be one of those days. And now he, he doesn't, it's, it's not inevitable. You know, he, it's not perfect. I mean, he still has meltdowns just like anybody's still going to. But the rate at which he has them and his ability to recognize how he's feeling in the moment and try and adjust maybe the circumstances that he's in to, to kind of diffuse things for himself is significantly more now. And that's one of the things I think is especially amazing about Mightier is it's helping kids practice those skills in the moment. Because so many times, even kids without any kind of special needs, you know, parents were teaching, trying to teach our children how to be good people, how to, you know, self-regulate, self-control, things like that. And we can do all of the teaching we want, but if they're in the moment and they can't call on those skills, how effective was that teaching? But mightier they're practicing those skills in the moment all the time because as they're playing the game, if they get really excited because they just got a really good score or they're really frustrated because they just, you know, swiped to the wrong thing and they lost that, that item they wanted in that game, no matter what it is, when they start getting elevated, they have to start practicing those calm down skills in that moment with whatever that emotion is that's going on. And that's what's really incredible because how often can we really create situations, safe situations for these kids where they can actively practice these skills. And that's one of the best things about Mightier is it's a safe way for them to actually practice when those emotions are heightened. So then when they're out in the real world, 
and they start having those heightened emotions, their body just knows what to do because it's that automaticity that's been built in. Their body just knows what to do because they practice so much in the situation with my dear. One of the things that I really liked with, with Emmett was like, if I had told him, Emmett, if you, if you play this, you're going to, it's going to help you like control your emotions. He probably would have not wanted anything to do with it. So I just didn't yeah. tell him, right. I just told him <laughs> it was part of the game and he learned without realizing that he was learning. Right. So like mm-hmm. they, they learn these skills that they can use. I mean, there's a lot of adults out there. Let's be honest. That could probably use a lot of these skills as adults. And you know, he, he just, I don't know. It's been, it's been such a positive thing. And I know it, w- I mean, I, I, I talk about it all the time and I tell parents all the time and it's, it's difficult for, I think for some people to wrap their heads around how video games can be a positive influence on your kids. Yeah. Cause we're always talking about limiting screen time or, or reducing screen time because screen time is, is just, you know, bad or not good for you or whatever. But Jessica, we'll, we'll bring you in here. How, how, how are you doing? Very I good. love, I, before you even, before we keep going, like I just have like a smile plastered on my face. Like I love hearing each of your stories and like Angela and I know each other. So I know her mm-hmm. boy's story, but like Rob, I love hearing what's happened for your family as well. And I mean, yeah, it's just like so oh. exciting because I love my dear. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I've, I have been, I've been doing this for about 12 years now and I'm very selective when it comes to things that I will endorse or recommend other parents. Mightier is, is at the very, very top of a very, very short list because I've, I've used it with my kids for years now and it works. I mean, it just, it just works. I, I don't, it's hard to get people to wrap their heads around it. And so I guess what I wanted to do was find out if you could just sort of explain some of the science because it's all based on science yeah. and it's, it's proven. So this isn't like, you know, like it's, it is, it is a solid scientifically proven platform. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it makes sense why it's hard to wrap your head around really how it works and what's happening as kids are playing, because I I think a lot of families have the experience where your child has done some sort of therapy. They've learned, they've learned skills, right? They know oh, when I get upset, I am supposed to take a deep breath. That will help me feel better. That will help mm-hmm. me calm down. And then, and then you see that it doesn't translate over in real life in the moments when you need it. So like, that's the experience that I think a lot of families end up having. And, and I think in, in thinking about my dear, and it's a video game uh, platform, basically where you play different games and you wear a heart rate monitor and you see your heart rate go up and down and you, you have to regulate that, right? Like there's, rewards when you're able to bring your heart rate back down and you feel good about that. Um, and you practice different strategies, right? Like deep breathing, crossing the midline, progressive muscle relaxation. But, and I think a lot of parents will say, well, I see them practicing those same strategies that they've practiced in other places and it hasn't worked previously. Right. So how is it going to work this time? And I'm probably going to end up repeating some things that each of you have already said, but yeah. So the way that when I try to explain how my dear works, I kind of, I break it up into two parts. Um, Cause I think it's easier to understand this way. So part of it is this really intentional active learning where your child is playing, they have a visual for their heart rate. They, so like, it's right. It's right there. Right? They, even if they don't know what my dear is for, what it's supposed to do, how it works they have to think about their heart rate on some level and they're motivated to do that because their progress and success in the games is tied to their ability to regulate the heart rate and bring their heart rate back down in different situations. So 
And they practice different ways to do that. They figure out what works well for them. It's on their terms. Um, and so this is all kind of upfront. They're making choices around it. Um, they're deciding how they want to bring their heart rate down and their practicing skills. Um, the other piece of this is it is so much about practice and repetition. And so this is the part that is different with Lightyear. Um, and Angela was saying, you know, they're practicing in the moment all the time. And that's exactly it. So, you know, we know that when you get really frustrated, really anxious, you know, your emotional state is really heightened. It is your brain and body are working differently in those moments, right? Like it is really hard to stop and remember, oh, right. When I'm frustrated, I am supposed to take a deep breath. That will help me feel better. Like you, you can't even access the part of your brain sometimes that would help you go through that process and calm back down. Um, but while you're playing mightier, what happens is your heart rate goes up a little bit you bring it back down, goes up, you bring it back down. So you are slowly through your play, retraining your brain and your body to start responding differently automatically in those moments. And so this is the part that really makes a difference and ends up translating out into real life. Um, not so much in ways that you might expect where it's like, oh, I'm looking for my child to take a deep breath in, in real life. And they did. And that happens for many, many kids using my dear, but what I'm talking about here is a change in how kids automatically respond to their stressors. So Rob, you alluded to this a little bit with your son, where it's like the behaviors just started looking different. The reactions started looking different. Like there were fewer, you know, whether it's outbursts or, you know, what, whatever it is that is happening for, for your child, like that softens a bit. Right. Um, so that's like the, I get excited talking about that. Cause that's like the magic of how it works. And that's why my dear is different. Um, and that's happening under the surface while kids are playing. Do you, what, what is the, I guess, success rate for kids using Mightier? Is it, does it help almost all kids or like how, like how, what I get questions a lot is, will will this work for my kid because my kid has ADHD or my kid has um, bipolar disorder or, or, you know, something else. Yeah. And, and I've always just sort of resorted to like, it works on humans because it's biofeedback <laughs> okay. and biofeedback works on humans. So I'm going to go with yes and then see if it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that response a lot, actually. Um, so we, we get that question all the time as well for people who are thinking about purchasing my dear and, you know, is this really going to work for, for my child? And we try not to be diagnosis specific. So Mightier helps improve emotion regulation wherever that dysregulation comes from, whatever causes it and whatever it looks like while you're playing, the process is in, a, in very concrete ways, it's your heart rate goes up and you bring your heart rate back down. So regardless of what your diagnosis is or what the behavior or symptoms look like, there's a process that, you know, while you are playing mightier, you're figuring out what is going to work specifically for you to bring your heart rate back down. So, yeah, so I, and, and in terms of success rate, so I, I worked um, and spoken with a lot of, of my year families over, over the years. And so you have to play and you have to practice. Um, so we recommend the kids play um, like at least three times a week to really see results. And it takes, it's not a, it's not quick a lot of times, right? Like it's, it's a lot about retraining your body, like learning new ways to respond in these situations. So that 
that process a lot of times is going to take at least a few months before you might even start noticing some subtle shifts. For some kids, it's right away. And for some, it takes longer. But for the kids who play, it it works. I I can't say that, I mean, obviously I have not spoken with every family using my beer, but I can't say that I have spoken with families who have played regularly, stuck with it for at least three, four months um, and said like, this isn't working for us. Um, we're not seeing anything. So I, I very strongly believe that it, that it works. And that was, that, I guess that, that was another good point. Jason's been on the show a couple of times and, and we've yeah. had lots of conversations about this. It's, I feel like it's one of those things that you get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And so if, if you think going into this, that you're just going to be able to drop the tablet or download the app and put on the heart reminder on your kid and walk away, you, you're going to have a kid who's playing video games maybe, but, but they may not be getting out of it what they should be getting out of it. And so like when, when I started with my youngest, I sat down, like I know Angela, you said you use, you suggest using it first. I think it's a great idea actually. And if, if not, even if your kid is a little bit younger, cause I've had parents that have kids younger than four that they've worked with them on and stuff. And I, I don't know, I don't know how common that is. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but if, you know, I just would tell them like, look, I mean, you, you could try it cause you've already got another kid who's using it. So, I mean, it's not like whatever, just see what happens, but like, just sit down and play it with your kids. Like they catch on really quick and it, it's not, it's not complicated. I guess I, I didn't think there was that much of a learning curve to it. it. It's it's probably harder for adults to get used to it than it is for kids to get used to it. Yeah. Because yeah. We're, we're already hardwired to be who we are. And, and with kids, there's still some flexibility there and they, they can uh, sort of adjust and, and adapt to things a little bit better. Yeah, that's a great point. How do you suggest parents get started? Like, or, or if someone, if let me, let me back that up. What if someone says like, hey, you know, my kid's having problems with meltdowns or they're too impulsive or they are, uh, struggling with like anxiety and frustration and things like that. Like, how do I know that this will help my child? Okay. So we try to provide families with some, some guidance on how to use the program with the caveat that like, you know, your child best, you know, I mean, this is your family. And so we want you to do what's going to work best for your child because we want them to enjoy it. We want them to feel empowered as they play. There's something really significant about kids being the one to discover how this works and um, be the ones to really figure it out. Like that, that means something for their learning and for their confidence around this. So I think it, it really depends. So I, I always would say like, you know, if your child really likes to be independent in their play and you feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to figure out how to play different games and like navigate the, the system, maybe take a step back kind of be an active observer as they're playing. So you're there if they need some support, but they get to take the lead and they get to take real ownership over this. There are a lot of kids diagnosed with ODD who are using Mightier. And I think that group of parents, they have that concern a lot. Like, will my child play if I tell them they're supposed to play? So it's really like, let them take the lead, let them own this and let it be their thing. And you're there if they need you. And then for some kids, maybe if they are on the younger side and they need a little extra parental support and getting started, or if they just want to show it off, like they like it, that it's a family activity, like mom and dad play and, or even that like, as a kid, you get to teach your parent how to play and like, you're better than them. At it. Like there's a lot of value there as well. So it really just depends on what's going to work for your child and your family. There's honestly, there's no, there's no wrong way to go about it as long as your child plays and like they, they enjoy it. There's no wrong way. Yeah. Emmett played it for 
I think he got, he was doing like about a half hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I found that it, it worked and, and it, and it worked out well for him. And some, some parents I've talked to, they play less, their kids play less than that, but they hit, they tend to hit like 45 minutes to an hour or something a, a week. And I, I have not come across a parent who has, who has put the effort in and, you know, got into the routine of incorporating that, that mightier time into their day or their week or however they figure out the schedule for themselves and mm-hmm. not had positive yeah. results. And some of them have been very significant. Like my kid just, we were having like 10 meltdowns a day and now we're having three meltdowns a day or, you know, I mean, it, it makes a big difference. And yeah, I know from myself, I've played with it. I don't use it regularly. I, I wish there was an adult version, but my, my overall stress level drops. You know, mm-hmm. his quality of life improves because he's not stressed out. He's not, you know, freaking out over whatever's got him upset because he's able to regulate himself. That improves his quality of life, makes him a happier person, reduces my stress. It kind mm-hmm. of makes harmony in the house just a little bit easier to, I don't know, I guess pretend we obtain because we never really obtain that. But but it is, it is, it is a positive thing. So it not only does it help the kid in question, but it helps everybody else in the house because it, it sort yeah. of changes it can be, it can change like the environment and the things that you are used to being exposed to during a day. And that was a big thing for me was just yeah. not having to worry about things as much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're hitting on a few really good points. So I think in regards to like parents playing or anyone playing, I mean, the reality is if you play enough, like your, your resting heart rate changes, like we can, we can see that. Um, so it makes sense that you're just naturally calmer all the time, right. Or that it takes, like Angela alluded to, like, it takes a little more to push you over that threshold, right? Like your tolerance, your frustration tolerance improves. So that all makes sense. And I think there's also, um, something about family play that is just very normalizing for kids. Like you can see, yeah, this is, this is something we all have to work on as, as humans, right? Like we all get upset. We all have emotions and, So we all practice calming down. Like that's just normal. Um, So it can take any stigma out of it as well. Yeah. And we've really seen that modeling, you know, it's that, that activity of modeling and the kids watching. And I know the kids love when they start hearing of the brick breaker, when they know I've got a lot of balls going on, they come running because they want to see what my score is. And they've made comments before because they look at the, at the widget that's there that's showing the heart rate and they're just amazed that I don't go in the red. They're like, how do you do that? (laughs) I'm like, you can do that too. (laughs) That's awesome. But it's great for them to see that. Your boys, I remember you saying before that your boys like cheer each other on uh, while they're playing and they kind of help each other. They do. They, they like watching each other play and, um, they, because they really are just such different children. Um, we found that the older one is better at certain games than the younger one. And the younger one is better at other games than the older one is. And so they've been able to share a lot of tips, um, with each other as well. So they like watching each other play because they learn how to do things different and they love teaching me, um, how to do things as well. My, my 10 year old gave me a tip on 
brick breaker and how to play that I had no idea you could just tap on the screen instead of aiming the arrow. I had no clue. Um, <laughs> but they think it's great then. I mean, teaching yeah. a parent, getting to show them, and that's yeah. how I've been able to rope them in before is, I've never played this game. I don't know how to play it. Can you show me? And that works really well for the little one, especially because he loves feeling like he's the big kid and like he's in charge. And There's a sense teaching. of pride too. Like, yeah. you know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that that's, I've, I've not ever had a negative thing to say about Mightier. And, and I can't say that for pretty much anything else that I've ever worked with. Do you have one last question for both of you? Uh, Angela, do you have any advice or if you have a parent who is kind of on a fence, like they're like, Oh my God, like I, I don't want my kids playing any more video games. They play enough video games. Like, what would you tell them to, to help them understand that this could be a very positive change uh, in their, their lives? It so depends on the situation, the family for how, you know, how I would approach that with them. You know, there isn't, I would say just, just being completely honest, you know, there's not going to be any one thing that's going to be effective for absolutely everybody. However, with mightier, I feel like there's a bigger chance of success than a lot of other things out there because most kids do enjoy playing video games to some extent. And even if your kid plays a whole lot of video games and you're worried about, you know, is this even going to interest them because they're playing video games all the time, there's ways that you can get it to interest them. You know, I know some parents have instituted like Mightier Mondays and on Monday, the only screen time allowed is Mightier. Or, you know, some people might do Mightier at a time when screen time isn't allowed. So if the house rule is normally no screen time until after homework is done or no screen time until after dinner, allowing Mightier to be played before then in those no non-screen time times is a great way to introduce that kind of thing. But the fact that it is video games is a big buy-in for kids. So most kids are going to be interested. And I think a big part of it is just how you present it to them. And like Rob, like you've said too, you know, we also didn't present it to them as here's a tool we're going to use to try to teach emotional regulation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, it's just like, look at this cool new video game. (laughs) Let's play and seeing mom play and seeing dad play and having family competitions. You know, it's, it's a great way to get them playing to begin with. And, you know, for people who are concerned about screen time, it really doesn't take much. You know, Mightier recommends now more of a a routine with it, not so much a time limit with it, but it really only takes playing three times a week and you can just play for 15 to 20 minutes and that's it. So it's really not very much screen time and it's really easy to work into schedules. I know there's a lot of families that use it in the car. You know, they're going to. I've done that. Yeah, they're going to that's that's the routine is when they go to pick up big brother from school. That's when the little one gets to play or when they're driving to their occupational therapy appointment every week. That's when they get to play. So it's it's a great thing to use to work into a routine. And the fact that you don't have to have Wi-Fi to be able to play it is great because you can play it anywhere then. Very cool. And uh, Jessica, same question for you. What do you. 
What do you hope people take away from just this conversation about how Mighty Ear can benefit their child who might be struggling with emotional self-regulation? Okay, so as I, the way I think about Mighty Ear and how it fits into families' lives is there's an emotion regulation journey that I think your family is going to, that families go on, right? And like Mighty Ear, we, we would like to be a part of that. As a, as a company, we, I mean, we care a lot about you know, making sure that this works for families, because we know that all kids are different. All families are different. The dynamics are different. So I know we've talked a lot about how like mightier will work if you play. And then there are things that can come up that get in the way of play. And so we have, we spend a lot of time um, trying to figure out how to solve those issues. We have a team, our family care team, which is made up of clinicians who, you know, were there to support families if they need that extra help, making sure that like my dear is working for their family and their child is enjoying their play and um, they're not getting frustrated, too frustrated with it. And so we have lots of options like that in place to really help families get the most out of this. If that is a concern, like, you know, if you're thinking about my dear and wondering, is this really going to work for my child? Does my family have time for this? Things like that. So we have, you know, we have options. We have a team really built to support families around that. But then in terms of just how it can help and um, how it can work. I, I think the, the simplest way to think about it is to compare it to anything you have to practice. And just the fact that like, say you are learning to like shoot a basketball or play the piano. Like if you practice, you will get better. There's like, there's no real way around that, right? Like it's just, you're, it feels awkward at first. You have no idea what you're doing. And as you practice, it just starts becoming more automatic. It's that muscle memory. It becomes more ingrained. And my dear is really the same way um, when you, when you boil it down to, to just like teaching your yourself to calm down more automatically. So that if was, I could just add something to that too, yeah. because it hasn't come up, but my dear is also amazing because it's not just the system. It's not just the tablet and the games. There's a lot that Mightier does to support families outside of that. There's Facebook Lives and there's been a variety of those. And our kids have loved it, getting to meet other kids who also play Mightier and show off their games and show off their scores or contests where you get to design a lava ling and that excitement or designing a Valentine's Day card. There's always a lot of really cool things to get the kids excited about Mightier. And there's a private Facebook group for Mightier families, which is wonderful. And it's a great place to go and um, get advice or get help. So it's not like Mightier just ships you a tablet and says, okay, here, learn emotional regulation. They are there to support their families every step of the way through multiple avenues. And I think that's one of the really great things about it is you're not alone with it. And there is a supportive community there. And the people that work at Mightier, they are clinicians, they are professionals. These aren't just people at a call center. Um, They're people who know what they're doing and they've worked with families and kids with these struggles for a long time. And to me, that's, that's one of the best parts of Mightier is there's a whole community there behind it to support you in your journey. That's a really good point. So if you, if you, if you, if you give Mightier a try and I think it was 90 day yeah. risk-free thing now, um, mm-hmm. if, if you struggle to come up with a routine or you struggle to 
uh, you can get your kid to buy into it. You can reach out for help and they'll help you to find success. And, and I think that's one of the things that I really, really liked. It's kind of one of the things that stood out about you guys was that you, you stand behind what you guys are putting out there and, and you support the parents so that they can support their kids and everybody can be successful. So yeah, I, I, I am, I'm a huge, huge fan of Mightier have been for quite some time now and I cannot recommend it enough to anybody who you know, has a, has a child who, who needs help uh, managing their emotions or frustration or anger, or whatever uh, they have going on. Yeah. I think that's about said it all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Angela, for talking about your family. I really appreciate that. It was <laughs> nice to get to know you. And uh, Jessica, thank you for filling us in on all the science and the background and, and use cases and, yeah. and all the stuff that parents need to know about so that they can yeah. make informed decisions. So, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I, and I will even just say, if, if there are parents listening who are thinking about it and have questions, reach out, email us. I mean, our team is happy to talk, talk it through and um, explain anything else that people are wondering about. So. And also, if the cost is a concern, because a lot of the families who are looking into Mightier may have children with different special needs, and a lot of states have waiver services. If your child's on a waiver, we've been able to get Mightier covered under our waiver services. So the our cost for Mightier is 100% covered by that waiver, which is nice. amazing. So, you know, because that can be a hesitation for some people, but... If you're on a waiver, look into it because it could be covered. Thank you. That's good advice. Well, thank you both for, for coming on the show and, and helping to uh, spread the word and, and parents to kind of connect with something that can help improve their child's life. Um, have, I don't even know what day is it? It's Wednesday. It all starts <laughs> yeah. together. It's all Maybe. like one big <laughs> giant. Uh, it's Wednesday. So have a great rest of the week. Uh, stay safe and we'll be in touch. Thanks for having me. No problem. Take care, me. guys. Thank you. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Before I close things out today, I just want to say thank you to Angela and Jessica for taking the time to come on the show. We recorded this, I want to say April, I think it was in April. So it's, it's, it was recorded a little while ago and it's just taken me forever to get this done. But I want to, I want to thank you both for, for talking about your experience, whether it's from a, like a clinical perspective or the perspective of a parent who's been using it for years and, and has, you know, had like firsthand experience with, with how it works. So thank you both. I really appreciate your time. You guys can find out more information about Mightier at the autismdad.com forward slash Mightier. I have a full review uh, of my experience with uh, Mightier over the last couple of years. I just recently updated it. Then you can just click over and, and check out their website and purchase or, or subscribe if you're interested in doing that. You can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. Please subscribe to this podcast. If you have not already done so, you can do that on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. I don't have a preference. So just find one that works for you and hit that subscribe button. I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. 
Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st. 